welcome to another episode of the Sound Sister Podcast. I'm your host, Drea Doll, your host with the most. I'm here with my lovely ladies. Say hello, ladies. Hi, it's Angela Rose Red. I'm Gabby Chaos. Whoop, 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 whoop. On this episode, we're going to talk to Elvis Cortez of Left Alone. He also runs uh, Road Dog Merch. He owns his own record label, Smellvis Records. So we're going to pick his brain about all that good stuff and find out who he is and where he came from and all that good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> so let's do around the room. Angela, what's going on with you? Well, so this weekend I've been continuing my archives of photos, digging through other things, uh, trying to find uh, different concert photos so we can feature on our site for different throwback posts. So be on the lookout for that. Some of these photos are dating back to like 2011. Some crazy shit. So be sure to like look so you can see maybe a younger version of yourself is in there. You never fucking know. <laughs> but yeah, I've been busy doing that. That was a trip. Many, many, many folders and memory cards. I'm still going through stuff. So and then on top of that, I also went to see Sweeney Todd at the Herberger Theater. Uh, my husband, Rico, and I got tickets, scored it from one of my besties, Joanna. She's one of the lighting operators. It was killer, man. I don't know. Have you guys seen the movie, seen the play, anything? The, or am I the only the theater movie. geek? Yeah. I didn't know there was a play. It was, yeah, oh. it's, based on, it's based on a play, so... Um, it was phenomenal. Um, since then, I've gone back and looked at other performances and versions. Even Angela Lansbury, she was known for to do Mrs. Lovitz. I guess she was one of the more memorable uh, Mrs. Lovitz. But Mrs. I guess the point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy seeing her talking about like meat pies and you know being a bit morbid. I'm not <laughs> familiar with it. Is it a musical? Yes, yes. Okay. So it is a musical. So if you watch the movie Sweeney Todd, mm -hmm. the musical yeah, is right. almost identical, but only better. And okay. it was really amazing because they did keep in there some aesthetically choices to Tim Burton, which, as I've talked about many mm -hmm. times, I'm a huge fan of. But the singing and acting was phenomenal. And I know, big surprise, guys, but... I was in theater for a lot of years. I majored. <laughs> surprise, surprise. In theater. Of course the theater you were. The, yeah. The girl with were. the metal lunchbox <laughs> purse. Yes. The you know it. Fuck yeah. Which, by the way, Corey, thank you so much for commenting and loving my lunchbox purse. Lunchbox purses unite. Freaking A. But anyway, no. Um, it was phenomenal. I, I don't. Are you guys fans of any musical or fans of theater at all? Um... Rico loved it. He loved it, too. Well, I, I like mean, that one movie. The, which one, one you're talking about? Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Sweeney Todd. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even if you're not a theater well, geek or... I, I mean, haven't experienced it. Right, so I, right. I couldn't tell you if you, I do or I not. I think that there's a play for everyone. Just like I think there's a comic book for everyone. You know, there's probably a punk album for everyone. There, yeah. there you got to find the right flavor, I right? I always wanted to see the American Idiot. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, me too. I, so close to seeing it one time, and then I just... I it. mean, there's just <laughs> something about the combination between live symphony music and these mm -hmm. amazing, phenomenal singers, in addition to acting, the makeup, the lighting, setting. There's so much that goes into it mm -hmm. that it's just 
artistry at its finest. So Arizona uh, Broadway Theater did an amazing job. Uh, Cassandra Clafake, I think I'm saying her name correctly. She did Mrs. Lovitz. Blew my love it mind. Let me tell you. (laughs) This chick, I got a selfie with her. I was kind of like geeking out a little bit inside, you know. And uh, uh, Tony Edgerton, I I think that's how you pronounce his name. He did Sweeney Todd, and he did a great performance as well. Um, I don't know why I'm worried about the pronunciation. These people aren't going <laughs> to fucking listen to this, but I feel, I loved it. You want to be punctual, you know? Like you wanna, I want I want to represent exactly yeah. because one of the things we abide by, right, is mm-hmm. supporting all kinds of art forms, right? And this is one of them. So See, that's at, cool. a gr- at a great time, yeah. But no. what about you guys? I think it's, the last like musical I saw was here by a local production in town. And they fucking did Heather's, dude. And it was yes. amazing. I wanted it to was see amazing. that. Back me up, Heather. It was so good. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, if they do it again, I, I highly recommend checking it out. Well, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> so good. Heather's. Yeah. Freaking A. Awesome. Well, what have you guys been up to? I saw some interesting yeah. videos on the Insta stories about what you guys have been Working on what's musically? your damage, Heather? <laughs> um, no, we we got together and we started uh, just finishing up a demo that we had. Okay, uh, we're trying to write more, so we're kind of in the creative process. Yeah, figuring that out. Uh, so we're at the musical stage or lyric stage or both stage. Uh, this weekend was both. We had the music right. and then we sat down and like figured out. A chorus and a verse. Uh, I'm pretty stoked on it. I can't wait to get actual drums on it so it can like all come together. Nice. Um, It's kind of different for us, I would say. Yeah. It's. I'll say that it's way more political than anything we've ever sung about before. Nice. Now's the time. Now's the time, dude. There's so much fucking shit going on right now with the Trump administration and Border Patrol, and you know, it's just. You can't not say anything at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Agreed. what's going on right now is is going to be a huge influence on punk rock, in my opinion. What is that famous quote that Henry Rollins said on a podcast? This is not time to dismay. This is punk rock time. This is what Joe Strummer trained you for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably misquote it, but you guys all know <laughs> what we're talking about because you've seen the meme. But still, it it's true. The Rollins speaks the truth. For sure. I so. fucking love Henry Rollins. I He's know. one of my favorite podcasters. I can listen to yeah. him talk forever. Right. He could fucking read the dictionary and I'd be so, I'd be like, oh my God. So he could like Andy <laughs> Kaufman that <laughs> shit. He could, you know how Andy Kaufman just went off and recited uh, a book in, at a college, I don't know, oh. uh, thing. Yeah, he just, oh. he, yeah, it, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going off on someplace weird. So anyways, we'll keep on rolling. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, I don't want to brag. But I did some gang vocals on a few of your records. <laughs> so no. Oh, no. So yeah. if you're ready. We'll I'm have ready. you come back yet, dude. Yeah. Sure. If, We're just show. letting demos. Even if you m- mute me, just let me feel cool. Because you know I live for that shit. You're, you're muted half the time on this podcast. <laughs> it's all starting to make sense now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We'll have you back in, of course. That'd be so much fun. It's just really cool to watch you guys create and work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I saw just you two. Are you two mainly a part of the, the writing process usually? Or is it just... You guys are going with the flow this time. That's how it's working out, or I think this is how it's working out right now. Tell me more. Um, tell me more. 
Uh, like, does he have a car? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's just us, you know, just it's how it worked out this time. Like, hey, let's yeah. get together and, and really get the ball rolling on this. Um, you know, I work, honestly, I work better if we're all together and we can all throw our input mm-hmm. onto whatever is on the table at the moment. Kind of like Limit Club said, you know, Nick works better if everybody has a say in whatever they're doing. And that's kind of how I am, too. Um, but this weekend we were just like, Hey dude, want to get together and yeah. fucking do this? It's time. Yeah. Let's do it. Sometimes the, the mood just strikes, right? You know? Yeah. You got to let it flow. Right on. So are, are you writing any lyrics, uh, Gabby? Cause I, I noticed your additions to the pinks are a little, <laughs> are different than some of their normal formula of the past i enjoy it i love all angles of the pinks but i know you <laughs> add this pop punk flair to it i it's, add the woes you do add the, the woe. woe i structure. love me some woes man <laughs> i love a good woe i do that's my specialty <laughs> uh, but no just on this particular song we kind of just collabed collabed you know i'm feeling it we cool. figured it out together felt great nice yeah what that's else you cool. got going on guys I went to the Nine Inch Nails concert. That's right. Yeah. Trent Reznor, dude. (laughs) It was awesome. I'm so glad I went. I was going to sell them. I saw that. I'm like, why would you sell those tickets? I was trying to make a few extra dollars. I'm going to uh, California next month for the Surf City Blitz. Mm, Okay. And I was like, I'll try to unload them. And then I was like, well, if I don't sell them, then I'll go. And then I went to the Eagles and I was like, fuck that. I'm going to see Nine Inch Nails. Like, I want to see production and lighting and they had a really good light light show and they were amazing uh don't want to give you too many spoilers if you haven't seen them but i think my favorite part of the show was the beginning um all the lights were off they filled the room with fog the fake fog machine or whatever so smoke is everywhere up there on stage you can't really see anything and what they did was they flashed this light so fucking bright that was like you know when you get hit with a light, your eyes are like trying to adjust. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they did that like on this beat, like boom, 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 and then they were fucking came out and they were all on stage and then they started fucking playing and I was like, oh shit, they're on the stage! Like I did not expect that and it was so fucking cool. Like hands That's- down, the coolest fucking thing I've seen in a while. So sounds so excited right now. Yeah, you have to go like YouTube it. If you're listening, go YouTube it. Maybe you'll see it. It was really rad. Maybe we can include a video in the comments or something <laughs> so people can see. But how yeah. many how many lunchbox purses did you see? Tons. See? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't looking. Fucking it was a it was a mixed crowd. Honestly, yeah. it was mixed. Well, yeah. all of us have put away our lunchbox. Right, so we're all older now. Hung <laughs> up our lunchboxes. Yeah, some of yeah. us still hoard them. Yeah, like, you know so. what are you gonna do? No, I was good. Trent, Trent Reznor sounded amazing. His vocals were on point. Uh, his band was really good. So yeah, ten out of ten stars or whatever. What was your favorite? Ten out of ten, definitely would recommend. A plus 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 plus. What was your favorite Uh, song moment? Hearing closer live, (laughs) fuck, dude, that song drips sweat or sex live. (laughs) I think she meant both. I meant both. Did you get a little closer afterwards? I did. I was like, fuck. (laughs) We can't waste this. We gotta use this shit. (laughs) Yeah. No, that song. uh, It was. It was amazing. That song is meant to make you want to fuck. Oh, good job. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, it was perfect. Oh man, yeah. 
Nice. <laughs> wow, you had just a well-rounded, you know, weekend. <laughs> no, it was good, you know. It was good. The earlier that day I was at work and someone fucking put Trump toilet paper in the bathroom, <laughs> which I was like, this is the best thing that's ever yes. happened at work. Yes. Oh, did they ever find out who it was? No. No one said anything. I think it was in there for like an hour, and I think somebody came and took it away. Oh. But literally everybody was like going to the... Restroom. women's restroom to like take some or like take a picture that's of it that's awesome nice. in the women's did restroom did you use too. it um i thought about it but it was a picture of trump doing like duck lips and i was like i really don't want that on my shit right now so he can't even touch my shit you can't Damn. touch you can't touch this <laughs> can't grab this <laughs> No, you I fucking win the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's rad. No, I love things like that because people think, oh, it's it's funny, it's this that. I'm gonna Instagram it, which it all is, right? right? But it's 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 public art right there. Yeah. That's a fucking statement and a half. I love the peeing on Trump things that are in the Palo Verde urine. Oh, yeah. Pee on Those me. are the best. Yeah, 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 yeah the yeah. pee on me are great. But the toilet paper, that's ingenious. Yeah. That took some planning. <laughs> And they're like, I'm, and, and you have a, you have I a have corporate, a corporate job. job. You have a corporate job yeah. that you go to. So someone's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this right in my corporate office. I'm yeah. going to make a fucking statement. Yeah. That's awesome. Drew, I want to know who it, it is so I can send them a VIP shout out and be like, great teamwork. Like, <laughs> fuck yeah. Some recognition. Yeah. No, it was That's not me, awesome. and I was worried they were going to come to me and be like, oh, did really? you do this? <laughs> we know you like punk. I'm like, fuck. You're like, I was no, sweating. but I fucking wish I did. No, <laughs> but point me to that bitch so I can give him a high five. <laughs> That's amazing. Top Gun style. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my day, Friday. Gabby, what you got going on, girl? Not much. Spent it Sunday with Drea and all weekend recording, so not as exciting as trump toilet paper or it's chilled just chilled <laughs> i don't know creating creating music creating art is pretty exciting to me so well wing is very ex- all right you guys let's get into the punk rock news segment here on the sound sister podcast uh, first we've got anti-flag releasing an, a video for for what it's worth it's a buffalo springfield cover it's going to be on their new album um holy shit Yes. Is what, you know, if there was a band that was going to do this cover, it would be Anti-Flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect band to do it. Um, the video, just the message in it about the gun violence and how many people are dying. It's crazy to me that a song written in the 60s can be just as irrele- relevant today because we're still dealing with the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And nothing's yeah. really changed if you think about it. Has it gotten worse? Has well, it gotten better? Well, I feel that their original song was more about the war that was going on ex- externally, and now it's more about the war that's going on internally, internally yeah. within the school system. And I loved, loved the coverage. Um, I loved the coverage that they put in there, all the different footage and everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, one of the things that I, that I loved most about it is it specifically – focused on the March for Our Lives, uh, which was an activist march that's been touring around uh, or was touring around to different states. And it was, I actually went myself to that and with my punk forefront sister, April, and she took her daughter. And we went to document it and photograph it for our next zine. 
and uh, also just to be there for you know more gun control for the the rights also being there to stand for all these unnecessary shootings that are going on in in uh schools Mm -hmm. and what was so touching about it is it was organized by survivors from the florida shooting so they're Mm -hmm. youngsters that are taking this into their own hands and trying to promote peace and thought and really get their voice out there through activism in a safe space and it was so amazing and it was on a different level being there with April and her daughter who now it's it's a thing now mm-hmm. you know drills are a thing now in schools we never had that we were never really i mean we did well in high school maybe towards the end of it but now drills, it's, it's not <laughs> yeah. the same you, well, know. you know when what year did you graduate i graduated in 99 that's okay. right i'm columbine was in it was around 99? that time. Maybe? It was, it okay. was, but it was kind of more isolated. It, it feels like there's not a month or two that goes by where you do not hear oh, any well, sort of, yeah. of shooting or drills or lockdowns. Anywhere. Anywhere. Work, college, work, yeah. high school. College too. Church. Fucking church. Yes. Yeah. And it's getting really, really out of control. I'm not, say, I'm not saying that I'm against, you know, guns, period, but there mm-hmm. definitely needs to be stricter laws, in my opinion. Yeah. I would love to hear what our listeners think. I mean, definitely comment below the episode and give us your standpoint yeah. on this but what do you think oh. about um the overall message though drea and your stance on it with the whole cover of the song yeah um, well and also the gun violence and just the laws and what they're basically trying to put out there how, how did it i mean you know like i said this this band is the perfect band to cover this kind of song um there's just too much fucking bullshit going on right now immigration gun control trump um, fucking innocent people dying, cops shooting people, sexism. It's, it's, again, Trump, <laughs> racism, <laughs> open it's, racism. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought it was very well done. Um, it didn't sound like anti anti flag to me. It didn't sound like an anti flag song. You know what I mean? It didn't yeah. have like that anti flag little twist on anti-flag. it. Anti flag. Um, it's but um. I don't know. I, it's a good cover. I thought it was good. Yeah. I just think that it, it's so many iconic songs. It's scary when someone redoes it. But like you said, because they did it and with the coverage that they and the statistics they brought, the footage from the march, everything put together, yeah. making a statement, making people think, making people yeah. have a discussion. I mean, do we do I feel that I know all the answers to everything? No, but we should have. Uh, genuine smart intellectual conversations about these things and it was interesting at the rally that I went to March for Our Lives almost always there was like an anti-person protesting against what people are there for but that that's just the natural uh, law right yeah you have to go back (laughs) and forth but what was crazy about it is that sometimes that there would be on the side that's more towards more gun laws they were more open to listening to the other side where that's not always the case sometimes Mm -hmm. so i just think that there needs to be open dialogue that's one yeah absolutely so it was you know maybe i'll uh talk to april and see if we can include some of the photos that we took of that march for this episode because it was definitely a powerful thing so like you said if you have something you believe in definitely stand up and Make your voice heard. 
Uh, you guys, make sure you head over to YouTube and type in for what it's worth anti-flag and check out that video so you can see what we're discussing. Um, very well done. Production-wise, the song, fucking killer. Love the bass on it. It's going to be on the new record called American Reckoning out on 928 on Spine Farm Records. Uh, next, we have Joan Jett's new single called Fresh Start. It's going to be on the soundtrack for her upcoming documentary called Bad Reputation. Um... I fucking love it. It's Joan Jett, man. It sounds like Joan Jett. It's my new yeah. favorite song. I couldn't stop listening to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's catchy. Dun, dun. Yeah. The chorus, the hook, everything's catchy. Yeah. And uh, I'm just curious, you know, what, what are you... I know I have an idea what I think the song is about and why she wrote it. I want to hear what you guys think about it. I feel it's it's just a old schooler being like, hey, fucking do this before it's too late. Get your shit kind of like what we're doing right now. Like, exactly. hey, we're going to fucking do a podcast before, you know, time runs out. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of like the message I got. That's definitely like, the message I got, too. <laughs> what did you think, Gabby? Um, yeah, that, too. Or just her coming out again. And I don't know when was the last time she recorded anything. You know, fresh yeah, start. But, remember. yeah. Some of the feel to it reminds me of Runaways. Because it's definitely, mm-hmm. I, even though Joan yeah. Jett w- was was the runaways but yeah. there is a different different feel than other Joan Jett although it still has yeah. that little hints to it too but I think it it's it's catchy it's definitely it got is. it's punk rock mm-hmm. anthem feel to it yeah mm-hmm. which you know I'm a sucker yeah, yeah, for anthems yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so um, oh, yeah uh, I had really that classic Joan Jett guitar sound on it yeah everything about it you hear if you didn't you know if if I just played it for you and you were like oh fuck this is Joan Jett like you hear that kind of song, you can recognize that it's her without me telling you it's her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Right. And I think she still grew a little bit, too. She stepped outside of her comfort mm-hmm. zone. It was her. It was her formula. But she changed it up, and she grew. And that's that's amazing. I know, listening to it, I listened to it to definitely do research because it was something that I knew we would talk about today. But then I started listening to it for my own self. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, dude, this is my new lady ball drop song. You know, this is when I want to yeah. get some shit done. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is just filled with great, great uh, messages in it. So, yeah. Make sure uh, on, uh, I think it's 926 at Film Bar, they're going to be premiering Bad Reputation. I'm going to try to get tickets to go. Depending on the payday. So <laughs> crossing my fingers there. Uh, up next we've got Madball dropping a new music video for Freight Train off of the For the Cause album. I'm a little late to this new Madball record, but I've been fucking putting it on at the gym. And seriously, dude, I'm getting so fucking swole to it. Like, <laughs> it just, uh, it's a good record to get amped up to. So I definitely recommend that. Definitely, uh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Gets me going. Fush up. Fush up, fush up. <laughs> um, the final pick of the week is going to be L7's Hungry for Stink. Limited edition on red vinyl, 1700 repressed from Real Gone Music. It's a 1994 reissue, and it comes with a reproduction of original lyric sheet. Damn. I will post a picture of it on Instagram. It is very pretty, so make sure you pick up a copy. On that note, let's re- let's go ahead and jump into. Uh, you guys want to play anti-flag? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. All right. Let's jump into anti-flag for what it's worth, right here on the Sound Sister Podcast.
right, you're listening to the Sound Sister Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Drea Dahl. And on the line, we've got Elvis Cortez from Left Alone. Woo! Yeah! Yeah! That sounds exciting. That sounds exciting. (laughs) Hey, man, what's up? We're, We're excited to be talking to you. I'm excited, too. Thanks for inviting me. So where are we calling from? Or to, I should say. Um, I live in on a mountain in Crestline. It's like about an hour and 20 minutes east of L.A. It's kind of by Big Bear. It's in the middle of nowhere. I moved from like uh, Wilmington, which is my hometown, which is like 30 minutes south of L.A. Awesome. I moved here four years ago. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, my name is Angela Rose Red. I haven't met you officially, but I'm a fan and a burrito lover. <laughs> I have a question for and you. A what? <laughs> a burrito lover. I love burritos. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. No, it's an ongoing joke. Every single episode, we happen to mention burritos, so I thought I would get it over with. So, <laughs> but All what right. what burrito defines you? <laughs> Do you like burritos? Are you a fan? Um, I used to be vegetarian, so but now I changed. So I don't know, just like I, I guess it would be a burrito with with nothing in it, but just uh, carne asada with like red salsa. That's it. You don't need anything else, really. That's an <laughs> excellent super, answer. <laughs> I would consider myself super easy when it comes down to food, but some people say I'm picky. It's just that I don't eat certain things because I don't like the way they taste. That's it. Right. I like it. You're not picky. You know, <laughs> you just you like what you like. You have you have standards. Yeah. I respect that. Very good. Uh, but on a serious note, uh, for our listeners, can you uh, just briefly describe uh, what different projects you're on? I you have a lot of different things going on, which is super exciting. But uh, what do you have right now that you're currently involved in? Um, right now, I'm doing a lot of acoustic stuff because I released an EP earlier this year. I've been playing a lot of shows, but I've always kind of done that on the side. These are songs that don't fit the Left Alone world. And then I got Left Alone. And then whenever the transplants play and do stuff, I do that. And then did the Tim Time Bomb and thing. So whenever that happens, I play guitar on that. And actually, I, we just kind of started a new band today. I can't really talk about it, but it's like a completely different band that I was asked to join today. So I got that going on. I got my label, Smellless Records. I booked some shows. Um, I got a merch company that I print for bands and stuff it's called RoadDogMerch.com. And uh, what else do I do? I hang out with my fat bulldogs. <laughs> uh, oh, we're we're dog lovers in this room for sure. I just I just rescued a dog myself two years ago. So I mean two two months uh, ago, not two years ago, but it feels like two years because I love him so. So how did you get your dogs? Cool. How did you get your dogs from pups or? Did you rescue them? What's the story? Um, one, one of Ruby, my bulldog, had died, and uh, I was kind of bummed out. And then my buddy was like, hey, you can have my dog. And I was like, you can't really do that. You can't just take somebody's dog, you know? But after a while, I was like, give me that dog. So I <laughs> yeah. Took home. yeah. I was. I was like, fuck it. Why not? I mean, I want the dog. You don't want the dog. I'm going to give the dog good home. So I brought her home. And she laid on the couch for like on the couch for about two days. She didn't get up. I put a pillow on a blanket. She was just grateful because she was an outside dog. So she just kicked it and was just like the greatest. And she's still the the nicest dog ever. Um, that's Hope. Lily, I was at the vet and uh, this guy had a tub full of 
English bulldog puppies. And she popped up and she was really big. So I thought it was a boy. And I was like, how much is that boy? And he was like, oh, it's a girl. So I got his number and then I showed up to his pad and, and got her. And she's like the more, I, I see her kind of like as, uh, what's that? That Hilton chick, what's her name? Paris Hilton. The rich lady. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I consider her like that. Because she's, she's spoiled and she has an attitude. Like she always wants her stuff done her way. And she's always had everything. So I spoil my dog. Yeah. So, so there's the contrast. You have like the one that's super grateful. And then the other one that's like, hey, I'm hungry. Hurry up. Stop, stop. <laughs> well, that's kind of how it is. Well, it's good to have that balance. I mean, to, going back to the one that you rescued i say rescued because it was a good choice i mean anybody that's like take my dog you're like i'm just gonna take it on the fact that you just want to give someone your dog so that was that was good instance. yeah <laughs> yeah it was kind of like a rescue and she's happy here so that's cool oh that's awesome so they must mean a lot to you to i'm assuming bulldog you know merch is in reference to your dogs then yeah to say, right yeah the logo is also <laughs> Yeah, the logo is also Lily. My buddy from like uh, South America drew her for me. But yeah, they mean they they keep me in check and they keep me uh, kind of balanced and centered so that I I have responsibility to always know that like I have to take care of them. You know what I mean? For sure. So that's always been the thing. Yeah. I know. I noticed that I was like more in a routine. I was all over the place. And then uh, when my husband and I got our dog, then you just brought this whole new meaning to our world, which is amazing, Uh, which brings up an interesting point. When you go on tour, do you who takes care of your pups? Um, It depends. Sometimes I'll have friends watch them um, or family, but it kind of it's it's hard, you know, like because they're so. particular and they're you know one of them's older hope is older she's like nine so she's kind of slow and stuff so i i have good friends that help me out i've been really lucky and i'm grateful for that that either they'll come and stay at my house or or i'll drop them off which you know i mean because taking over a couple bulldogs is they're not hard because they just want to hang out but you know someone doesn't have dogs and is just helping me out it's i'm sure it's a bit of a pain but i'm grateful for it that's great that's great so, yeah. So what's this new project? Can you tell us when we might be able to find out what it is? I can't. It's super top <laughs> secret, but it's si super. Uh, <laughs> it's just super. Uh, it's, yeah, I can't really say much. It's going to be uh, just different from it's more, more, more harder. That's all I can say. More harder. Does that even make sense? It's a lot more like hardcore, but um. Yeah, that's about it. I can't say much until it starts developing. I I think that's awesome that you just immerse yourself in all these different projects because I know all three of us ladies do the same thing as well. And so many people are like, you need to pick one thing and not half-ass a lot of things, whole ass on one thing. And I'm saying I can whole ass on everything. And it sounds like you have the same mentality. You can do it all, right? Yeah, I mean... Sometimes it gets a little crazy, but um, I'm just lucky to be a part of music and to wake up and go to sleep to it. So I'm, I'm always down and I'm lucky that I've had these opportunities to uh, play and write and release and do anything that I can that's involved with music. I used to dream about this kind of stuff. And now that I get to do it, it's just like feels good. So I'm going to ask the cliche question. 
Tell us how you catapulted right. into music. Let's hear a little synopsis on that. On how I what? How I got into music? Yeah, catapulted, jumped, raged, ran into music, or however however you enter oh, music. Uh, well, I grew up with, like, that Mexican ranchero music because my dad was always down with that. All those, like, sad songs, like, about the girl and all that. And um, I didn't really get into music because where I grew up, it was a lot of gangster stuff, NWA and stuff like that. And that was, like, my, my best friend at the time. He was into that. And I was like, I listened to it. I, I got it. It was crazy. But then um, my sister my sister went to go see the movie The Doors. And um, she brought home the cassette of the first album. And she's like, here, listen to this. And I was like, all right. So I played it. And I was like, all right, this is weird. Like, <laughs> But it was cool because they, like, grabbed me. And then, like, the song at the end, it was so long. And then what he says. And so that was kind of like, a, oh, all right, this is cool. And then by around that time, I think Nirvana was cracking. And um, somehow I had a, an exploited CD. So it was like a weird like um i don't know it was like the nevermind record was big my my old drummer the original drummer from the band had it so he would loan it to me and then i ha i didn't have a cd player so i had to go to my friend's house and then he would let me listen to it after he made me listen to the chronic the dr dre record so i'd have to like wait till we listened to that whole thing and then i'd play the nirvana one and then that would kind of like you know i would listen to that and that kind of got me into that and it was just a lot of um it was very slow a very slow process because there was no internet and back then you would you know someone would hand you a tape of something and um then i just figured i wanted to play guitar and then that kind of just that took a long time but eventually i um i got one this drunk guy the same guy who made me listen to the dr dre record his uncle got drunk one day he was like oh i have a guitar in the in the in the car you can grab it and then he grabbed, I grabbed it and he was like showing me and he's like, you can have it. I was like, all right, cool. It was a nylon Yamaha acoustic. And I went home and I was so excited, but I didn't know how to play. So the next day he called me, he was like, Hey, I want my guitar back. And I was like, nah, man, you gave it to me. So I just kept it. And I didn't know how to play at all. And I thought you had to change the strings every week. So I would change them. And then I wouldn't, I didn't know how to, t I didn't know you were supposed to tune. So I would just like <laughs> leave them really loose. Cause I felt the best. <laughs> And until some guy came to my house and was like, hey, uh, can I tune your guitar for you? And I was like, yeah. And then after that, I kind of learned how to play because I would look at magazines that had the finger positions of, of people. So I kind of and figured it out. And after maybe about like a couple of weeks, I kind of had a little song going. But that's how I got into music. My sister, she she was older than me and she just kind of, here, check this out. And then that kind of just, and then, you know, I, after that stuff, I found like the real stuff, which was like the punk rock stuff, and that just kind of just took off for me. What would you say was the first punk band that you were like really into? Hmm. Well, I had that exploited city. I don't even know how I had it, but I mean, the pro probably the the first punk punk band that I was like, holy shit, it had to been Rancid, because I was like. I think the Let's Go record, because I remember we went to go get it the day it came out. My bass player, he was always ahead of the game, and he was just like, Yo, you got to listen to this shit. And I was like, whoa. And I'm sure I had heard the Clash, because they were you know, popular in the Ramones and stuff, but Rancid kind of just grabbed me and just, just like, whoa. Kind of changed everything for me. It's interesting that you said that about the Clash and the Ramones, because I feel the same way, too, that I 
looking at back now, I always like loved him, but you don't realize it's punk. But then that's that one punk rock record that somehow speaks to you out of just knowing that you like it just sticks with you forever. So uh, we've talked about Rancid many times. It influences all of us in different ways. So it's it's really cool that. Gabby's wearing a damn rancid shirt right now. (laughs) (laughs) Busted. (laughs) Whoops. So uh, you were working um, at Hellcat Records for a while there. Are you still Are you still working there as well? Yeah, me, me and Tim, me and Tim do a bunch of projects all the time. So it's always an on and off thing. Like if some records we you know work on, and right now we're working on one. Can't really say much about it, but um, (laughs) some stuff that is down the coming down the pipe. I'm lucky because that was like the label that I wanted to get signed to. And it took me like eight years. But then after it's just become kind of like a family thing where it's like we work on projects and it's really awesome to be a part of it. Tell me about that moment that all of a sudden you're OK. You Rancid influenced you. You loved it. And now like your band is on Hellcat Records. How was that transition? How is that? Oh, I'm working with this person that influenced me at such a young age. And now. We're, we're creative partners. Um, well, it took me eight years of uh, getting, sending, you know, recording a cheap little demo and like them getting it and like, not, you know, no reply or like, well, I have like uh, three rejection letters from them framed and then I have the contract next to it framed because it was, it was a crazy, because uh, I, I mean, now that I think back, I mean, we kind of sucked in the beginning. So it's like <laughs> me sending these like, oh, this is our first recording and stuff, but they were always really cool. So, you know, that all kind of developed and me kept putting out stuff on my own because I figured if no one wants to put it out, I'll put it out myself. And it just kept happening. And then until uh, 2004, we were on Warp Tour. And then uh, he was there to see Lars and the Bastards. And I guess some of the people had seen us play and they were like, oh, this sounds pretty cool or whatever. And, and he saw us and then we ended up talking. And it was crazy to, to finally be on the label. I mean, it was so, it was nuts. It was like, oh, shit, we're here, finally. Do you still and, sometimes go like, oh, Tim Armstrong's calling me right now. Do you still get it inside? I'm like, holy crap. Well, I don't say technically. I don't say like, oh, it's Tim Armstrong calling me. But, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> well, we're band members and we're friends. We're friends first, you know what I mean? And like, so it's, it's a really, it's a big trip to me because, you know, I come from Wilmington. It's like small little town and um i'm just lucky that it kind of happened the way it did and we're friends and we work on a lot of projects but yeah sometimes it's a trip it's like oh shit it happened well your story is definitely inspirational and i know a lot of listeners will definitely feel the same way yeah yeah because you know i've been I've, i've been inspired by other artists and the way they came up so i'm just i'm just lucky to be here that's it. Can you elaborate a little bit on the actual submitting part of to a label? Because I feel most bands today they just kind of luck out because it's a digital world. You know, YouTube, um, social media. What was the actual process? Was that sending press kits to Hellcat and then getting rejection letters? Can you talk a little <laughs> bit about it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll tell you about it. Um, the first thing I sent them, <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> I like sent them our first CD, and, and I, sent, I, I sent a couple of Star Wars toys in there. 
like action figures from like the 70s. God. You want to know why? That's you want to awesome. know why? Why? So, so they would remember me. That's genius. I mean, oh and my one gosh. time I was one time I was hanging out with the the head label guy at the time, and he was like, "Yeah, like I remember. Didn't you send us some action figures or something like that?" <laughs> <laughs> What what action figures? Which Star Wars figures? I've got to know. I sent big... Chewbacca. I sent Chewbacca and Princess Leia. Nice. <laughs> Those are great representations. I mean, come on. I mean, we're we're all Star Wars geeks in here, so good choice. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, what does your writing process look like? Um, is there a different writing process for when you do your acoustic work versus Left Alone? Or walk us through that. Um, it's usually. I'm always playing the guitar around my house and then like a melody will come out and then um, a lyric, like a, like a, like a sentence will kind of come out and then that will kind of define like where it's going. And then five minutes before I record the song after the band gets a hold of it and does their add on and stuff, cause they really help a lot. Um, I write the lyrics and it's just five minutes before. So most of the time it's like that. Every once in a while, a whole song will be written from the lyrics but that's rare it's just always from melody and then we jam it out and then it kind of morphs itself into a song and then it's always where the first sentence starts and it's always you know you can just go about whatever i never sit down and like today i'm gonna write about this it just kind of morphs into it. you know what i mean i don't get all poetic and sit on a Throw on some candles. I don't do that. <laughs> no, no incense. Nothing like that. <laughs> All right. Nothing. <laughs> well, um, your acoustic stuff definitely has some great feels to it. I, we really dig the new, um, the new album, the newest acoustic album, single, single. I should say. Sorry. And uh, yeah, yeah, we really dig it. And uh, it's interesting because even though it's acoustic, I can still sense a little bit of ska danceability to some of your acoustic stuff, if that makes any sense whatsoever. So um, it's interesting to see how you morph multiple genres, especially talking about your past and your influences. It sounds like you definitely drive from many different sources. Yeah, I've always liked um I mean, punk rock is my is my favorite ska also but i've always kind of dipped into other things like um i like country and like you know a good song a good song whether it's a pop song or or whatever and i just always just i try to write you know what what comes out comes out but it usually comes out a little different i don't try to stick to one thing because i would feel it'd be forced to just write straight punk songs or straight ska songs i just whatever happens happens so i write them and then i bring them into the band and they're kind of like yeah that one's more for your solo stuff Maybe because it's a little more like acoustic based or, or I don't know, maybe it's like you don't like it, but it's cool. I'll just use it and release it on a solo thing and it works out that way. Yeah, it's really great that you have those two different avenues and it sounds like you're going to come out with something different too that we're really stoked to hear about. Details when you can reveal, we'll be waiting for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> That's great. So what is your biggest guilty pleasure that's in your collection of music right now whether it's your ipod vinyl Jim blossoms. what is it Jim blossoms nice i love arizona rock and roll man that's so cool Tempe, right yeah Tempe, yeah now just lyrically they're really good and uh musically they're dope they're kind of they kind of mix that like country kind of thing with like i don't know it's like super poppy 
but they're a great band. I've seen them a bunch of times. Yeah, Arizona represent. <laughs> <laughs> we um, I think it was a few episodes we promoted the Wrong Choices single, and a great question came up about you know, the inspiration for your lyrics. And one of us in here, I won't name name names or anything like that, <laughs> but we were like, we want to know who broke his heart. <laughs> 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 Every single girl. Aww. It's because no, you, no, you no, haven't no, met no, the right no, one. <laughs> no, no. I'm no prize. I'm no prize. But, um, well, you know, things happen. And I just, it's funny because that inspires most of the stuff. And it's like, I don't know. It's just what comes out. I don't force it. It's just sometimes they write themselves, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it's always about a girl. Well, most of the time it's about a girl. Uh, not a specific one. There's several, but I mean, <laughs> a lot of songs. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because I've talked to so many different musicians that say the same thing. So when you're happy, is there a part of you that doesn't like it because you're like, damn it, I'm not coming up with shit for material on music or... Is it, <laughs> or just finds its way somehow? Um, I don't know, sometimes, I mean, well, if I'm happy, if I'm happy, um, <laughs> I'm probably spending a lot, <laughs> I'm probably spending a lot of time with the girl and not a lot of time with the guitar. So nothing really comes out. But then something happens, I'm like, great, I have some inspiration. But nah, I think it varies. I mean, I've been stoked and written some songs where she was like, damn, where's that coming from? Like, I don't know. It's just, it just kind of showed up, but it all varies. There's certain levels of happiness. And I guess, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the trip because I was writing, um, first songs I wrote as a kid or like, would kind of like think about that stuff. I didn't even have a girlfriend then, but I think it was influenced by the Mexican ranchero music that has all those sad ass songs about the girl and this and that. So I think that kind of influenced me early on before I even had a girlfriend. So it's kind of already leaning that way, I guess. And then when I got girlfriends, I was like, oh, shit, this is what it's about. Damn, this sucks. Have you ever had like an ex or someone be all, this shit's about me, isn't it? Have you ever gotten caught in one of yours called out? Uh, not like called out, more like, oh, that one's about me, right? <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, like, okay. They're all about yeah, something the, like that. that. The present person. I like They're that. They're all about you. <laughs> there you go. That's a good answer. I like that. So we did notice you have a lot of horror movie themes uh, uh, for your merch. Uh, what's your favorite horror yeah. movie? You know, I like the art a lot. Horror movies, I would say probably like A Nightmare on Elm Street because that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And like The Exorcist definitely was like, what the fuck? But um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? But I think those are my favorite. But I just like the art. I like the way that, you know, it looks. And it's just, I've always just had an eye for that. I like art a lot. And um, that's always just kind of caught my eye. Dude, Freddy Krueger, when the girl like ends up on the ceiling or whatever scary as shit when you're like five years old yeah or when he's in the alley and his yeah. arms stretch out <laughs> yeah, that's some crazy creepy shit yeah and on a side note being raised catholic and then you watch the exorcist yeah. you're like holy crap <laughs> yeah. Can that, yeah can that shit really go down 
Yeah. Dude, I won't yeah. I won't even watch that one. Like fuck that. Yeah. I, I don't fucks with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so do you have any other project any tour dates coming up? Anything we should know about? Um we are playing Orange County on the twenty second, September. Big old ska punk fest and then um Scalloween is happening this year. Um that's October 20th, I believe, or 22nd at Los Globos. That's like the yearly festival I do. Um, I'm playing tomorrow, the 18th of September, at the Slide Bar Acoustic, and uh, the 26th, I believe, also in L.A. So I got some shows coming up. I'm trying to do more acoustic stuff just because it's fun, and I get to work out songs that I write at my house. I just show up and play them and just kind of feel them out before I record them. Um, going back to your uh, comment about loving art, yeah. do you have any famous yeah. artists, anyone up and coming we should know about or check out? Um, I like art. I don't, to me, it's like, if I like it, I like it. I don't, I don't have a specific like artist. There's this girl that, Jay Goodbear, she does all my stuff. Well, she's done some stuff for me. Um, it's, uh, her name is Kay Goodbear. She's awesome. She's out of like Chicago. I met her in Arizona on tour. She painted this awesome, like, Elvis Costello for me, which is huge, hanging in my house. And she also did, like, a Darth Vader with the Left Alone sticker on the side of his helmet. So I like that. Tim's artwork is really good. Rob, singer for the Transplants, he's doing some really cool stuff. So I like to for my friends. And whatever looks good to me, I like it. I'll buy it. It doesn't have to be a specific genre or artist. I just kind of follow whatever I like. All right, we're probably we're gonna wrap it up here, but um, we want to play one of your songs. Is there one that you want us to play that you like? Um, yeah, play uh, where are you? Kind of like a weird, weird, weird song. It ended up that way, but yeah, play that one. All right, you guys. Uh, I want to thank Elvis for for joining us tonight. It was great talking to you and picking your brain a little bit about the industry and I'm looking forward to whatever mystery project you have coming up, Mr. Secret over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, real fast, can you plug where people can find your stuff? Instagram and all that stuff. Um, you can find all the Left Alone stuff, uh, Left Alone Official on Instagram and Elvis Cortez 310 on Instagram. And just, you know, look up on the Facebook. It's pretty much the same stuff. And, um, yeah, just check it out. I think there's some stuff on YouTube. We're everywhere. All right, cool. Well, give it up for Elvis, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. I appreciate it. For you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. Thank you. All right, thanks, Elvis. Just for the last
hope is lost Yeah, my hope is lost Oh baby, where are you? That was Elvis Cortez with Where Are You? And we want to thank Mr. Cortez for taking time out of his busy schedule to talk with us. He's involved in lots of different projects and radness, so be sure to check all the things out on all of his social media accounts. Uh, We also wanted to thank all of you listeners for taking the time and liking our stuff, sharing our stuff. We're seeing lots of downloads, positive uh, feedback, and we just really, really appreciate it so much. So thank you. Thank you. You love us. You really love us. You like us. (laughs) You like us. Uh, We appreciate all the feedback. And if there's any musicians, artists out there that want to hit us up to come talk with us, you know, definitely holler at us. Holler at your girls. Holler. Holler. (laughs) Shoot us an email. Yes, but uh, we want to go ahead and wrap up this episode with Joan Jett Fresh Start. This song means a lot to all three of us, and this podcast here is definitely representation of what the song has uh, this message. So thanks again. Be sure to like us, share us, and we're out. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Sound like 